Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to be back with you in this new year. Happy 2021 from the Ahmad Pours. Uh, I hope the new year has been good to you so far. You know, they say, happy new year brings a new you. And I know every time I see Sister Debbie do her broadcast, now Sister Debbie, this is meant to be a, comp a compliment and I hope I'm not embarrassing you, but she always is wearing those beautiful bright colors. And I notice you get a lot of nice comments in the comment section. I'm not fishing for compliments, anyone. But I've decided to channel my inner sister, Debbie. She's helping my sense of style in this new year. So thank you for that. And I'm wearing my bright sweater. And she always accessorizes so nicely. So I'm going to try my hand at it. How's that? All right. Now, hopefully that brings a smile to everyone's face. I know that her beautiful ensembles bring a smile to mine. But this week, we have been diving into the topic of God's love. You know, we could spend a whole year on this topic in our preaching and teaching, in our small group lessons. It is a topic that I absolutely love to listen to, to learn about, to be reminded of, and to teach on. And so, Specifically, our lesson for this, our topic for this week is God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. And the spin that I'm taking tonight on our topic is God's love you, loves you and there's nothing you can do to earn it and there's nothing you can do to lose it. So if you would just say a prayer with me we will dive into unpacking that this evening together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love, not only for me tonight, Lord, or to those whom I love, but Lord, I thank you for your love for this whole world, for each person, the millions and millions and millions that make it up. You love each and every one of them the same as you love me and those listening tonight. God, I pray that we can have our hearts and our minds open in a new year to be reminded or to be or have our eyes opened about how much, how deep your love runs for us. God, I pray we can respond to that love in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So I'd like to make a few assertions this evening, followed by some scripture that talk about God's love for us and that it's something that cannot be earned, but it's also something that we cannot lose. God's love for us is because of who he is and not because of who we are or how good we think we are or what pedigree we come from or don't come from. You can kind of follow where I'm going with this thought. First John chapter four, verse eight, specifically the latter half reads, but anyone who does not love 
does not know God, for God is love. This verse defines love is God. God is love. You cannot separate the two. He is the source of love. God is love. And God's love for you and God's love for me existed long before any of us ever graced this earth. Long before we existed and his love for us existed long before any of us had a chance to mess it up. A very familiar verse, John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And this brings me to kind of my next assertion. Because his love for us was established so long before any of us existed, we can't earn something that's already been extended, that's already been given to us. And might I add, it was given to us at a cost for Christ. He gave his life because of how much, how deeply his love runs for us. But it's something that is freely extended to us because God is love. And so we can't earn something that's already been given. And the same thing goes for you can't lose something that you didn't earn. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God's love for us has nothing to do with how good we are. He loves us because of who he is. God is love. So these scriptures tell us that we, we don't get to decide when we're worthy of God's love. Amen. Which means that we also don't get to decide when we're not worthy of it anymore. And while I'm talking about this, I want us to note that the same truth goes for our neighbors. Who's our neighbors? The same truth goes for others. Anyone else, everyone else. We don't get to choose. I don't get to choose who or when God loves someone. Because God loves our neighbor. He loves others for the same reason that he loves you and me. And we don't get to judge when someone becomes unworthy or when someone is, in our opinion, unworthy of his love. We don't get to judge that. God loves us, period. He loves people, period. 
God's love is an unconditional love. We know this, we read about that in the scripture. We hear this a lot in sermons and teachings. So let's look at that word unconditional love. Uh, in short, it means that God's love has no bounds. It has no limitations. His love does not run out. It cannot run out. As long as God exists, his love exists. And we know that God exists forever. So his love exists forever. And that means it exists for all. God's love is not based on any conditions. That's what that word unconditional means. So we can't control God's love. Also implicit in its definition is that unconditional love does not change. Calvary, in the act on Calvary, Jesus dying on the cross for all people, that decided who Christ loves when he died for all. So there's nothing that any one of us can do or say that can undo the effect of Calvary for anyone else. Whether we accept him, whether we reject him, it's a fact that God died for you and that he loves you. So if God loves you and me, if God loves the world unconditionally, and he does, then there's nothing really more for us to know about his love or us for us to need to know about his love. It's simply that children's song, Jesus loves me. God loves you and me, period. And that's all we need to know about his love. There's no conditions attached. I know that you know, some of us as parents or as, as people who want to be effective and, and you know, good disciples of Christ uh, and parents for our children, we, we want to show unconditional love. We want to be people who love unconditionally because Christ loves unconditionally. And that's a, a noble thing to strive for. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, because humans are imperfect, while God is perfect, we will fall short of that goal to love unconditionally. Humans, it's just simply fact, humans love conditionally, as hard as we try, or as deep as our desire is to love unconditionally. We can't do that perfectly, but God does love perfectly. And outside of an experience uh, of the love of God in relationship with him, we won't find unconditional love uh, in this world. It is solely something that God extends to us. So to reiterate our topic for this week, God's love is unconditional. And there's nothing that we can do about it. 
So let that soak in. Let that settle in your heart and your mind that God's love for you is unconditional and for me. He simply loves us. And that leads me to this next assertion that delineates this same point. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. I bet you those who are familiar with the scripture that sentence is pulled out of knows where this is headed next. So just like we can't earn God's love, we can't lose it. Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Here we go. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The world didn't give us Christ's love, so it can't take us away. Nothing in this world can take that away. It comes from God, and God is the one who said his love is forever. The Apostle Paul said it so well here and in that Romans passage I just read. And when I read that passage that nothing can separate us from the love of God, my next thought is what what more is there to say? Paul said it and he did it well. And so for some of the listeners tonight, the fact that we can't earn God's love, and that we can't lose it either. It might be an eye-opener for you, for some listening tonight. But then I know that there's others of us tonight who, you know, we, we know this truth. We've heard it. It's often preached about. It's often found in our devotionals. 
But the challenge for some of us is how we respond to this truth. Do those of us tonight who know God loves us, do we truly believe it? Do your expert expectations of yourself in your relationship with God and his church, does it, do those really reflect this belief? Has this truth truly settled in your heart and in your mind? God loves you. You can't earn it and you can't lose it. There's nothing you can do about it. God loves you. I wonder if it's something that we truly believe, how that would affect our response to God's love in this world. Our, our response to God's love for us. Speaking of God's love for us, Paul said that we ought not to sin because of this biblical truth that God loves us. Paul said that we, not, we ought not to sin because his love for us must compel us to love the word of the Lord and to follow the leading of his spirit. It sets us free. Paul said it doesn't set us free so that we can go sin willy-nilly because he loves us. Paul said it sets us free from believing the lie. Essentially, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, kind of summing it up, but this simple truth sets us free when we truly believe it from the lie that God's love is something we have to be good enough for and God's love is something that we can lose when we fall short. The liberty in God's love is freedom from that lie. God loves you and he will always love you. And so I pray that this week, at least the remainder of this week, this month, this year, we're in a new year, let's make some new goals. I pray that we're able to respond to God's love when we read the scriptures, when we pray, when we walk in his spirit on a daily basis, in our daily comings and goings, that we respond to the fact that he loves us. And there's no worry about being good enough and there's no worry about losing it. But all we have to know is that God loves us. I pray that you have a good evening and we look forward to seeing you again on the next broadcast tomorrow night.